Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome found under the cardiovascular section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 17-year-old girl presents to the emergency room with lightheadedness and palpitations. Her pulse is 250 beats per minute and she is hemodynamically stable. An electrocardiogram shows an antidromic atrioventricular reentrant tachycardia. She is given procainamide with the resolution of the arrhythmia. Now in sinus rhythm, she is found to have a widened QRS, delta wave, and shortened PR interval on the electrocardiogram. Let's continue with an introduction to Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Clinically, it is defined as a ventricular pre-excitation syndrome resulting in an aberrant conduction tract that bypasses the atrioventricular node. Conditions that are associated include Epstein's anomaly and hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Risk factors include family history, and in terms of the etiology, it can be familial. With regards to the pathogenesis, there is ventricular pre-excitation, which results from an aberrant conduction tract from the atria to the ventricle, known as the bundle of Kent. This fast accessory tract bypasses the slower conducting AV node, and the ventricles then depolarize earlier than normal. This causes the classic delta wave and widened QRS. Administration of calcium channel blockers or digoxin will worsen a supraventricular tachycardia caused by Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. This is because calcium channel blockers and digoxin block conduction in the AV node and will force more conduction down the aberrant tract, worsening Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Moving on to the presentation, many patients may be asymptomatic. However, if symptomatic, then patients will present with an arrhythmia that demonstrates palpitations, lightheadedness, syncope, dizziness, or chest pain, and on exam, one will note tachycardia. In terms of further studies, an electrocardiogram is indicated and may demonstrate a delta wave, a short PR interval, a widened QRS complex, and they may have a supraventricular tachycardia if symptomatic. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on clinical presentation and ECG. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about a myocardial infarction, with distinguishing factors being that there will be ST elevation on ECG. Also think about a bundle branch block, with distinguishing factors being that there will be a widened and abnormal terminal portion of the QRS portion on ECG. With regards to treatment, Remember that drugs that delay AV node conduction are typically contraindicated in these patients unless the patients have confirmed orthodromic atrioventricular reentrant tachycardia. Medical treatment options include procainamide. This is indicated for patients who are hemodynamically stable or for patients with antidromic AVRT, which presents with wide QRS complexes or atrial fibrillation due to Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Another option is adenosine or calcium channel blockers. This is indicated for patients with orthodromic AVRT, which presents with narrow QRS complexes. Non-operative options include electrocardioversion. This is indicated for all patients who are hemodynamically unstable due to arrhythmia. Another option is radiofrequency catheter ablation. This is indicated for long-term definitive therapy for patients with Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Complications related to Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome include sudden cardiac death. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that it can present with the following arrhythmias, an atrioventricular reentrant tachycardia, which is most commonly an orthodromic AVRT, and will present with a narrow QRS complex that is less than 120 milliseconds. 
it will less commonly present as an antidromic AVRT, which presents as a wide QRS complex. Other possible arrhythmias are atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, ventricular tachycardia, and ventricular fibrillation and sudden death. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 33-year-old man presents to the emergency department with anxiety and palpitations. This is the first time that he has presented to the emergency department for this, but he has had similar episodes before, which he says went away by performing calming exercises, such as blowing air through pursed lips. This time, they are not working. The patient's past medical history is non-contributory, and he is generally healthy. His temperature is 98.3 degrees Fahrenheit, or 36.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 127 over 85. Pulse is 190 beats per minute. Respirations are 14 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. An ECG is performed and demonstrates supraventricular tachycardia. The patient is given adenosine, and a repeat ECG demonstrates a normal rate, but a delta wave is also noted. Which of the following is the best definitive management for this patient at this point in his workup? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Ablation Choice 2. Metoprolol Choice 3. No further intervention needed Choice 4. Procainamide Or Choice 5. Rivaroxaban The best answer to this question is Choice 1. Ablation this patient is presenting with supraventricular tachycardia, a narrow complex tachycardia demonstrated on ECG, which converts to a rhythm strip demonstrating Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome with the classic delta wave after administration of adenosine. The definitive treatment of Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome is ablation of the aberrant conduction pathway. Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome occurs when an aberrant electrical pathway exists between the atria and ventricles and bypasses the AV node. It can lead to a rapid rate in arrhythmias, in particular when the AV node is blocked. This is why digoxin, beta blockers, and calcium channel blockers are contraindicated. If a patient has unstable vitals, they should undergo cardioversion. In stable patients, procainamide is an appropriate intervention. The definitive treatment for Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome is ablation of the aberrant conduction pathway. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Metoprolol could actually worsen the rhythm in Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome by blocking the AV node and pushing conduction down the aberrant pathway. It would be indicated for rate control in atrial fibrillation with rapid ventricular response, which presents with an irregular rhythm with an absence of P waves. Choice 3. No further intervention needed is appropriate management of supraventricular tachycardia after it has been successfully converted to sinus rhythms with vagal maneuvers, adenosine, or cardioversion. Choice 4. Procainamide could be given in Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. However, it is not definitive management of this condition. Choice 5. Rivaroxaban is a novel anticoagulant which can be given in atrial fibrillation to avoid the possibility of a mural thrombus potentially causing stroke. Finally, a bullet summary. Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome ultimately should be treated with ablation of the aberrant conduction pathway. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 51-year-old woman with a history of type 2 diabetes mellitus presents to clinic for a routine annual exam. Review of systems is positive for palpitations. She reports that she occasionally feels like her heart is racing, 
but she attributed this to stress or anxiety. She also notes that sometimes she can slow down her palpitations if she holds her breath. You obtain an EKG, which demonstrates a slurred upstroke of the QRS complex. You prescribe 10 mg of atorvastatin daily in addition to her current metformin. One month later, she presents to your clinic complaining of malaise. She reports that she feels off with mild nausea, lightheadedness, and persistent palpitations, despite trying to hold her breath. Her temperature is 98.7 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.1 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 110 over 59. Pulse is regular at 215 beats per minute, and respirations are 14 breaths per minute. An EKG is obtained and demonstrates a broad complex tachycardia. Which of the following is the best initial therapy? And the answer choices are Choice 1, adenosine. Choice 2, amiodarone. Choice 3, procainamide. Choice 4, radiofrequency catheter ablation. Or choice 5, synchronized cardioversion. The best answer to this question is choice 3, procainamide. This patient has a history of Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome and is now presenting with wide complex supraventricular tachycardia, which should be treated with procainamide. Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome is caused by an accessory conduction bundle between the atrium and the ventricle, which allows excitation to bypass the AV node. On EKG, there is a characteristic slurred upstroke of the Q wave called the delta wave, due to partial depolarization of the ventricle prior to normal depolarization. Wolf-Parkinson-White is often asymptomatic, but it can progress to an aberrant reentry current that manifests as supraventricular tachycardia or ventricular tachycardia. If an EKG shows wide complexes and the vitals are stable, procainamide is the appropriate medical therapy. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Adenosine should be avoided in antidromic atrioventricular reciprocating tachycardia, that is, wide complex tachycardias. AV nodal blockers have the risk of lengthening the AV node refractory period without affecting the accessory pathway in Wolf-Parkinson-White, which increases the risk of degeneration into ventricular tachycardia, ventricular fibrillation, or cardiac arrest. Only if narrow complex tachycardia, that is, orthodromic AVRT, is absolutely confirmed can IV adenosine as well as calcium channel blockers and beta blockers be used. Choice 2. Amiodarone may slow conduction in an accessory pathway with long-term administration. However, because amiodarone has beta-blocking properties, in the acute setting it may increase accessory pathway conduction and increase the risk for ventricular tachycardia and fibrillation. Choice 4. Radiofrequency catheter ablation is the appropriate management of symptomatic Wolf-Parkinson-White to prevent recurrent atrioventricular reentrant tachycardia. It would not be the best initial therapy during an acute episode. Choice 5. Synchronized cardioversion should be attempted in a symptomatic tachyarrhythmia of a patient who is hemodynamically unstable. Finally, a bullet summary. Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome presents with delta waves on EKG and can progress to supraventricular or ventricular tachyarrhythmias that should be medically managed with procainamide. That's all for this review about Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. 
If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.